0: So, we all like to take breaks from our busy, busy lives, enjoying things such as snapping people's necks or banging our heads to the best metal we can possibly muster up. Well, another thing Warhorse likes to do when he's taking a break is listen to the Hot Tag Hooligans Wrestling Podcast Show with Tom and Aaron. And if Warhorse has learned anything over the past few months, it's that the Hot Tag Hooligans Wrestling Podcast Show rules
1: ass!
2: Welcome, everybody, to the Hot Tag Against Wrestling Podcast Show. My name is Aaron. Joined with me tonight, as always, is Tom. Today, we have a very special guest. It's Akira. Akira, how's it going?
0: Uh, laying in bed, man. Not
2: moving. <laughs> so, you you, t- you told us that you have a few injuries right now due to a couple of matches that you've had recently. So, what's actually injured on you right now?
1: Uh,
0: let's see. Uh, the week before this last weekend, I wrestled a match and took a move where my legs snapped over the ropes. And that was kind of my bad. I should have specified we should have put a door or something there. Uh, So I messed my left knee up, my left, like the back of my left. It's just more muscle damage than anything. It's not anything bad. Uh, Then the right uh, knee, I took – I got hit at the wrong time, wasn't ready. And my knee went – and I collapsed, got up then wrestled another three minutes and then I wrestled another 14 the day after against Alex Cologne. Um, so right. It's honestly, it's not like it's a muscle tear or anything like that. It's just, it popped. So the muscles sore, I could feel it sore. Cause if something tore, I wouldn't be walking at all. I was walking on it. It just, it sucked horribly. Um, like that night against Alex Cologne, my, both of my legs were wrapped. Like people, someone joked that I, um, I'm like, deathmatch Sakuraba. And as soon as they made that joke, I had to wrap both my knees up like Sakuraba did. I was, I was like, that's so unfortunate. Um, and then I have this, which I sent you a picture of. And uh, I don't know what happened, but in the middle of the match with um, like Cologne, uh, light through glass just cut through my elbow and I had a huge chunk. Like It looks like a little mouth. And you can see the muscle underneath um, so you know, I just glued that up, and uh, in two, three weeks, I'll be good to go again. You mentioned Sakuraba,
2: which is kind of interesting because when I look at your career so far, for myself, I was always a big wrestling fan growing up. But in the early 2000s, I received a VHS tape called The Best of Japan of the 90s. And on that tape, I was able to finally watch Masabo versus Kawada, from 1994, which some people rave as the greatest wrestling match of all time. Sure. My perspective of professional wrestling at that time totally changed after I got into watching Japanese wrestling. Two of your big idols are Shibata and Minaro Suzuki. Mm-hmm. And when you talk to a lot of people here in U- U.S. that are always based upon you know their favorites and stuff like that growing up are American style wrestlers. So talk to me a little bit how those two gentlemen captured your eye more than the American style.
0: Um, because I feel like those two were, unlike, uh, say, a Dean Malenko, where Dean Malenko is very good, um, a Shibata and a Suzuki, they're so good at wrestling that they have an intimidating presence
1: through
0: their wrestling. They don't have to talk, which they can talk. If You watch their backstage promos, they're very eloquent. They speak very intelligently. Um, but through the way they wrestle, they get more character out than anybody else can through a promo. I can watch one Minoru Suzuki match and just be like, yeah, I understand everything about that man. So when he's cutting a promo in Japanese, I can just be like, okay, he's probably saying something evil, talking about murdering someone. Uh, go hit, go get hit. One of my favorites is go get hit by a car when uh, you read the English translations. And then you have the Shibata ones, which are very me- methodical about the philosophy behind the style of the other uh, wrestlers that he's wrestling. Um those those two just stuck out to me because one they could they they both had legitimate MMA background. If people don't know Suzuki basically helps with Masakatsu Funaki started Pancrase, which be, basically became MMA as we know it. Uh, it morphed into Pride, which then you had UFC, all all that jazz. Uh, you wouldn't have like a Ken Shamrock if you didn't have a and Suzuki essentially. Um, but it's those guys that they secrete danger without having to say it. And when they do say it, you go, oh, God. Like, I don't know if he can curse on this show, but, oh, yeah. you're like, I'll be, but you're like, fuck that. Don't want to be in the ring with that dude. Um, and my issue with American wrestlers is, like, yeah, they're big uh, powerlifting dudes, but I never looked at, like, powerlifters as scary. I'm like, okay, you lift a lot of weights. That doesn't mean shit to me, especially now in the, we are in the age of, of mixed martial arts. We know that, okay, you can lift it, but – If you look that big, you're not very mobile. You're not very agile. People like Brock Lesnar are exclusions, obviously. But generally, like, a smaller man can beat a larger man. And those two aren't the largest men in the world, but I've seen them in matches against larger men than them, and they're more intimidating than the big man. Like, I watched uh, Suzuki versus in, like, some six-man at, like, Ring of Honor, and uh, Suzuki just straight up uh, got, like, I forget what his name is, but he's a really big dude. And he just straight up uh, got, like, got power drive and held him for, like, a minute. And their crowd was just eating up. Just held him and then dropped him. And that dude was more intimidating than the guy who was, like, 300 pounds, 350 pounds. That's what – like, I don't care about size. I don't care about, um, you know, oh, man, that guy lives so much weight. That guy's so shredded, Don't care.
1: No, I'm not
0: interested. I'm more intimidated by – I'm not intimidated. But like I wouldn't be more intimidated by someone like Masashi Takeda than I would ninety nine percent of the American indies the dude like the dudes that scream killer without having to say it muscles don't mean shit to me so is that something
3: that uh, you look at for your character and things um, that you want to represent? Is that how you kind of got into the style that you work the most um,
0: I like to think that. I learned through them how to have fire, because whether um, people, believe it or not, like Suzuki and Shibata, they have, there's always like different kinds of fire that uh, a wrestler can have. You can have like a Bret Hart fire, which is like, you know, white meat, baby face fire. You have the Shibata fire, which is that, not arrogant, but it's very rebellious. Then you have the Suzuki fire, which is, uh, I'm going to hurt you. You're pissing me the fuck off. I'm going to break your leg fire. Like, I wanted to have that kind of fire where it's like I can envelop that viciousness, that anger, that that rebelliousness, but I can also be a really great babyface through it. And it really helps in death matches, too, because especially in the American Indies, I stand out in the death match scene, but it, through the death matches, and even regular matches, I stand out because who else has scars all over their body like me in normal matches? And then who else works a style like I do? Uh, not many. Um, But I'd say it's through them that I kind of delved into that uh, more nuanced style of character, the more nuanced style of storytelling. Um, Because through them, that's how I got into the Decadas, the Kasais, the Tamuras, um, and just fell down that rabbit hole. Like, uh, it was a match with, like, Minoru Suzuki and Yoshiaki Fujiwara from Big Mouth Loud in the early 2000s. And remember, like, Fujiwara was old already, like, in the 90s. So in the 2000s he was old and he had just that same level of intimidation factor as suzuki but instead of like rebellious spit in your face he was old angry pissed off man and i was like oh i I can appreciate that it was that same thing it's that same allure that like kawada had of like oh he's just angry he's gonna start kicking the shit out of me all right he's kicking the shit out of me So when you're going through your
2: training, you finally decided you want to be a professional wrestler. Even though that some of the Japanese people uh, talent were your inspirations in some ways, did you feel like that you were going to go down the hardcore bloodbath type career, or did you figure you would kind of incorporate that a little bit and be sort of like a Kenta or
0: a Marafuji? I wanted to be, i always wanted to be a hard hitting, like grappling submission guy. That was always my shtick. If you watched all my matches from my first year up until I started doing death matches, I was working a very Shibata Kenta-esque style. I didn't I couldn't do some flips. It was just never something that appealed to me. It still doesn't. Um, I didn't want to do death matches. I just it fell into my lap. And then I found out I was really good at them and then but I even then like I fell in love with them like 2 months before I ever started doing like, so it was a very, like, jump in the water, you know, like, go in head first. I watched uh, Alex Cologne and June Kasai at TCWs. They said it couldn't be done. And that was the first, like, deathmatch I watched. And I was like, oh, there's, pr- like, that pro wrestling beauty that I always liked in the Japanese style, that higher art form. It was there. I just didn't, I never saw it because normally you see a bunch of the hack slash guys, which a lot of people do. And it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And it was, but it was through that show. Like, I mean, after the show, like on the way home, I was nursing, like the the gusset holes in Alex's head. And he was like, don't do death matches, kid. Stick to normal wrestling. Little did I know uh, two months later, I was going to get thrown in the middle of a Mexican ring having my first death match um, with two guys that didn't speak the best English. And one guy that I knew Um, it just, it, it kind of happened. And, but through that, that's how I met the people like John and Reed and The Rejects. And, you know, I became a reject. It's through that I became a harder hitter. I became much – like, I used, to be, I used to be kind of scared when it came to wrestling people. Now, like, you see me in the ring, I'm not – I don't give a shit. Like, I don't care who you are. If Nick, if Nick Gage is across from me, I'm not going to be scared. I'm going to get in his face just as much as he's going to get in front of mine. And not many people do that. Many people, when they get in the ring in front of him, especially in deathmatch mode, they'll cower. Uh, I feel the same way with – uh, Takeda and Kasai, a lot of people just think that they can go out there and hang with them. When the glass is flying, the scissors come out, they're going to go, oh, no, me. I'm just like, let's do it. Let's go, bro. I don't care. Fuck you. Fuck me. Let's go. But that that kind of translates, even from death matches in my normal matches, because you'll see me just like start headbutting a dude in a normal match, and people will be like, oh, my God. Uh, that ain't fake. Um, I start like kicking and palm striking the piss out of people and you hear like this, the slapping, you're like, Oh, like it, it translates over whether people realize it or not, Um, because you can watch Nick Gage in a normal match and you're still getting the same hard hitting, like rebellious gang leader that you'd get in a death match. Just, there's not, there's not blood and you don't have like blood, blood hungry Nick Gage in front of you. When you're,
2: when you're going through the preparation for an actual death match, is a lot of it just winged out there on the spot in the middle of the ring? Or do you guys really sit out and plan a lot of that? And if so, has there been a lot of instances where you're like, uh-uh, not doing that one tonight?
0: Um, I don't know how much I want to, like, reveal from that. I would say um, the matches that I have worked, um, the match, the fights that I've had, it's been very much the pro wrestling first and all the stuff is added in. Um, sometimes it's, I mean, it's, it's just like any other match. Some people do things some way. Some people do things different. Um, and I'm lucky I'm that kind of guy where I can do anything that they want. If they want to work a, a thing of, hey, we're going to go out there and have, uh, talk about everything. Cool. Um, hey, we're going to go out there and not talk okay cool man i I can do either or it just depends some people want to go out there and have a car a car wreck like some people will go out there and be a schlack and some people will go out there and be an alex cologne that's that's uh, the polarity between the two um it's not it's not an idea of once again hack and slash we're not just going out there and hitting each other with shit anymore even schlack doesn't do that um schlack is a very good wrestler uh I mean that—that's just what it is. I don't want to like—I don't want to go into it too much. Um, it's just the art form is still pro wrestling. Take take gotcha. with that what you will. So, what do
3: you find yourself trying to do mentally to prepare for these kind of matches, or do you just—is it just in your nature to just go out there and do it?
0: Uh, it just depends. If it's a match I'm really hyped up about, you'll like—you'll um, see me in the back, and I, I was. Someone I know, Scotty Sarid, he does a lot of commentary for like shows in the East uh, and and some of the Midwest too, like Unsanctioned. Uh, he used to he joked with me once. Uh, he's like, "You dude, you're the most unintimidating dude I've ever met." He's like, "Like you just like you're so slap happy, you goof off all the time." But then he saw me go from here to here, and he's like, "Yeah, that guy I wouldn't fuck with," because like like in the back, I'll be slapping myself in the face. Like I bring myself to like a really dark spot and i bring all that out so when i'm out there i don't feel shit like when i got stabbed in the chest i didn't feel shit for three or four hours until like i'm on the car ride home my adrenaline's gone and i was like oh there's pain but then there's some times where i just go out there i don't even hype myself up i go out there as soon as i hear the crowd and you get the ah oh, here Oh here and plus i have the blood sport theme so when I come out, like, I'm already getting amped up just from hearing it. I'm, get, I'm really getting my groove on. Like, I'm, it just turns on. Sometimes I have to, like, slap myself in the blood flowing, and sometimes it's just it's there. Like, um, against – when it was Reed and I at the first ICW show I was on, slapping the shit out of myself to get amped up. Uh, against John Wayne, just walked out there, ready to go. In America, some of the most
2: well-known hardcore wrestlers are Mick Foley and Terry Funk. But for you, if you were to have – looking throughout time, if you could have had one death match with one person in particular, who would be your dream death match?
1: Um, It just
0: depends style-wise because I'm I'm also one of those guys where I don't have one favorite wrestler. Like you said, I already have Suzuki and I have Shibata, but you can throw Kasai, Takeda, Nakamura, uh, Inoki in there. Like, I – very wide list. Um, it just depends. Um, I think Hayabusa and I would be very interesting, but I'd also like to go out there with, say, um, a Brody, Bruiser Brody, because, especially because he's he was such a big man. Um, if I came out there with the attitude that I had, you know, if, if I was me now versus Brody and I came out swinging just as hard as he did, I think that would be like uh, quite a spectacle, I think.
3: I like that. Um so if you're if you're um booking a match with with Brody if that were possible for you would you prefer it to be a death match or would you prefer it to be a straight up technical pro wrestling match?
0: You can do both. You can do both. Um I mean if you watched Eric Ryan and I you watched uh Alex and I have, if you watched, um, there's a match uh, from Big Japan because they have, like, the, there's the G1 that New Japan has, right? Right. Uh, big Japan has Deathmatch Survivor, which is their, kind of their G1. It's their big tournament. Uh, it's on IWTV. Um, it's on the 2019 Deathmatch Survivor. It's uh, Sakura versus uh, Takeda. And it's a technical, it's like technical wrestling in the beginning. But the rest is just a pure pro wrestling match. It's just there's glass the and stuff added in. You can have both. And I, I know Brody can wrestle because I've watched him do it in all Japan. Like he's he's good at it. Is he is that his bread and butter? No. But if uh, if you're the kind of wrestler that can force someone to do that, that makes it better. And that makes you look better too. It's like, oh shit. You made the you made the bruiser have to technically grapple you. Like that makes you that puts you on a level that other people's people don't because if it was anybody else he'd go out there and just you know punch kick punch kick punch kick knee drop pile driver oh my god I made him have the work a whole why because I'm overwhelmed that would mean more than just coming out and just punching and kicking plus I feel like artistically I could get I would feel more satisfied if it went through the whole range of emotions from the technical to the brawling to the just pure bloodshed
2: do you wish more major promotions would go back to the hardcore style matchups?
0: No, because that when you have promotion like ICW, that it make it, it makes it more special. I wish um, I wish that more promotions would go out and book the death match guys in regular matches because those guys. Here's the thing: um, a lot of, and this isn't a knock on anybody. It's just a lot of American indie wrestlers are kind of the same, they're kind of, you know, I don't want to say cut and paste, but they're in the same cloth. All the deathmatch guys are different. They're different characters, they're layered, they're nuanced, and the people are generally are invested in them. Why are you not using these guys in normal matches? Like the guys, I know the guys want to work. I want to work, Um, like people might not think it, but Schlack can really go out there and wrestle. Why not book Schlack versus Zack Sabre Jr. Mm it's such a weird matchup. People would watch it just to see if it was a train wreck or if it was really good. And I still think it'd be a really good match. Plus you'd get like, you could like have Schlack make Schlack Saber junior shirts. He can make money off of that. And I, I'd, I'd buy one of them. Um, I just wish, I don't wish more people would do hardcore. I wish more people would book the hardcore guys normally. Cause that's like taking Hayabusa and just saying, all right, no, you're just doing death matches. Right. Hayabusa was a fucking fantastic wrestler. Onita, like, especially in the 90s, yeah, he started really falling into his niche of hardcore, but he was still a really good wrestler. Like, it's just, it's mind-blowing to me. And I wish that someone on national TV would have the balls to actually start booking death matches. Because if they started booking death matches, it's so shocking that it would get those fans that are like kind of turned off to how like white meat, I, like t- TV wrestling is. Oh my God, there's blood, there's guts, there's people cursing, cu- people covered in tattoos. Like, Schlack on national TV, that's money, come on. It's money. Negate on national TV, that's money. Um, the only person, the only TV show that had the balls to do it was uh, Lucha Underground. And I guess kind of MLW, but MLW kind of like only kind of touched into it. Meanwhile, you got promotions like AAA. And all them down in Mexico, and they're just like, yeah, we'll put death matches. We don't care. We don't give a shit. If it or makes money, we're gonna do it. I think once death matches are able to get on TV, whatever promotion does it first, they're going to they're gonna get a wealth of they're gonna get some criticism, but they're gonna get a wealth of influx of fans just because it's so different. It's so jarring, and you can go, oh, it's that it's that wrestling. You go, oh my god, this is like they're killing each other. Right. That, that guy just threw that, that guy just threw another guy through a pane of glass. That guy just pounded a spiked metal object into another dude's head. What the hell? You tell me that like people wouldn't watch that. It's like watching like I don't want to say it's like watching Jerry Springer, but it's it's that it's like you watch it to see the trainer. You're gonna watch it to see the event. You're gonna watch it to see um, the spectacle of it. And I'm just waiting for someone to do it. So yeah, please like don't. Please, other promotions, don't book death matches unless it's like actual death match guys. Don't let your, your favorite Lucha guy try to do a death match and do it horribly because he doesn't know what he's doing. Please, God, stop. I hate that. I also hate, um, and this is just through being around all the death match guys so often, I hate the regular guys that want to, like, oh, I want to play in glass a little bit so I can get that oh, I'm a, I'm a tough guy rub when it's like, okay, if you're going to go in there with someone and they're going to beat the shit out of you and you're going to earn that stripe, sure. But a lot of people, it's like, no, I'm I'm going to get you hitched in the head of the tube. I'm going to get a little color. I'm cool. take a picture for Instagram. Meanwhile, you're going to have guys like me who get that, which was this wide open. And I can see it was four layers of skin deep cut in. And then I wrestled another 14 minutes. We're not the same. I hate that shit.
1: Hate it. I
2: love
3: it. I love it. So I feel like the WWE is probably one of the worst at trying to book a quote-unquote hardcore match in 2020, whether it's TLC or whatever, and it's absolutely lame. Um, And I think that hurts that part of the business. And I just wonder if it's not an issue with – the companies that are promoting them, whether it be USA Network or Fox, or if they're just too afraid that they're going to lose a portion of the fan
0: base, what, what's your thoughts on that? They're already losing a portion of the fan base. Like, their viewership's down. Now, like, there's a, there was a ladder match between, uh, was it Sami Zayn, AJ, and I think it was Jeff Hardy. Right, and yeah. It, like there there's some guys that are so good that they can make shit brutal without having to bleed and do that. But right. how many people are AJ styles? Not many, especially right. on the roster, not many. Um, especially when they try to book the women's matches. I don't think like a lot of the indie wrestling women are a lot better at it than the girls they try to push on the main. Uh, like the NXT like they were drafted they or signed to NXT specifically because they're like a supermodel. They're not going to be able to go out there and work efficient because they're not for wrestlers. They're fucking supermodels playing pro wrestlers. They wouldn't know how to get out of a heel hook if like you taught them five minutes before. They forget it. They don't get it. Um, does it hurt us? No, because then those people go away and then, oh, hey, you see Akira jumping off of a roof with light tubes on his back through three or four tables. Wow, that was amazing. Um, it's just there's not anything you can do about it I don't I like I don't watch the product that much Um, I'm just I want pro wrestling to feel real and feel organic and WB is not that sometimes it can be um, but that's because of the caliber of talent but it's not very often Um, so that's why I generally watch things like New Japan I watch all Japan Big Japan uh, In indie, the Indies. Um even like even I'll watch AEW sometimes Eddie Kingston's on. I watch Eddie Kingston because Eddie Kingston's fucking real. And he's a fucking great person. Um, when John Mox is on TV, I watch John Moxie. Why? Because it he's he's real. But I I also can't watch like these fucking uh no fan shows. I just I can't. Some people are great at, like, uh, what was it, the Yuji Nagata and Minoru Suzuki match from the fucking New Japan Cup, where there was no fans, but they're just beating the shit out of each other, great. But, like, if there's no fans, it just it doesn't do anything for me, because there's nothing for the wrestling to feed off of. It's just moves for the sake of moves, unless you're really good, which, once again, not many people are that good. Um, but no, it doesn't hurt anybody. I'd say it pushes fans away and maybe they want to find an alternative and they find us. Uh, I can't count how many people that have told me they don't watch the main product anymore. They just watch the AEWs. They watch um, ICW, GCW, whatever. In the end, it's better for us because we put out a better product. We, we're not you know, we're not as sleek in production, but that doesn't matter because I would rather watch a 2008 ROH uh, show mm-hmm. than watch modern WWE. Because guess what? That rough and tough aesthetic is great. It makes wrestling better. It's like those uh, 70s and 80s and 90s, like early 90s uh, TV shows, uh, TV wrestling shows, you know, like uh, Smoky Mountain and all that shit. It, it's rougher and gruffer. Rougher and it, it adds something that mainstream TV cannot have because mainstream TV is not real. It's, it's fake. It's got like 15,000 producers on it. Like you watch a fucking episode of Raw. How many fucking writers do they have? 40? Why? You don't need that fucking many. I just watched uh, that Eddie Kingston. Like, he cut like two fucking promos for tonight. And they were some of the best promos I've heard on TV It's so goddamn long. Eddie Kingston is real. And you feel that. You can't fake that shit. If you try to write shit for people, it comes off as fake, your product looks fake. Either people can cut a promo or they can't. Let them fucking flounder. It's like it's like ICW. How we give we give people opportunities like myself. It's like, okay, go out there and kill it and get brought back. Or flounder and then don't come back. Or flounder, go away, get better, come back. It's, I it's I'm done with like Fake shit, and to me, WWE is fake as fuck. And they're never gonna want me with all these fucking scars in my bodies anyway. So what do I care? Fuck them. <laughs> I was I was gonna say
2: I, earlier today, or right before we got on here, you mentioned independent till I die. Yeah. And I went, and I wanted you to touch on that before we let you go. So you're good with the rest of your career, flat out, just being an independent. And-
0: um. Well, let's put it this way independent in the united states it's like uh if i go to big japan um whenever icw gets to go there they're like hey we want to give you a contract you come over uh every other month do like a three-week tour four-week tour and then we send you home for another month uh are you down with that sure because it's japan why the fuck not um and it's guaranteed money but in terms of the american indies um in, you know, the European indies and all that other shit. So I, I do want to go to the UK and work regular matches and death matches there. Um, I'm independent till I die. I don't – I'm never going to go to NXT, like, unless they're throwing, like, millions of dollars in my, in my direction. Then, and people tell me, stop being arrogant. Go get that fucking money. I'd be like, fine. But, it, like, you'd have to have, like, Murdoch. You'd have to have Bentley. You'd have to have, like, Nick Gage slapping me in the face going, stupid. Go get your money. They're paying you a lot, but once again, that's, it's not going to happen. And I don't want to, especially with the climate that we have now. Um, I'm not interested in going and wrestling for AEW. I'm just not. Um, If I can have work every weekend uh, on the Indies, like maybe one death match a weekend and work two or three or four normal, normal matches, like every other weekend, that's, that's good money, man. I'm happy doing that. I don't want to I don't I, just, I don't want to deal with it. I want to go out there and I want to do my wrestling. I am going to do my art. I want to be me. I don't want someone to tell me what I have to be. I want to be who I am because who I am right now is working. There have been people that have said, "No, nah, you got to do this. You got to do that." My way or the highway. And I've always said, "Fuck you. I'm going to do what the fuck I want." And guess what? I'm on one of this. I'm on one of it that the biggest deathmatch promotion, one of the biggest pro wrestling promotions on the independents right now. And we're kicking ass and taking names. Every show has been a banger. Every show has been some of the best pro wrestling, whether you like deathmatches or not. You can watch Alex Colon and I and you can get something out of it. You can watch Homicide and John Wayne Murdoch and you can get something out of it. I believe that shit. You can watch, hell, Brett Eisen, Nolan Edwards, no deathmatch at all. They had an all Japan match. If you can't watch it and get something out of it, you don't like pro wrestling. I'm not gonna be the if I say I do become the biggest independent star, I'm not gonna go and be like, I'm the big independent star. Uh please give me a contract. I'm gonna be like, nah, man, I'm riding that and I'm sailing on that shit till I'm dead. Till I'm done. I wanna open up a school, I wanna do that shit, maybe when I'm in my late forties and fifties. But like, say uh Say I got that IWTV title, right? I'm not going to beg and panhandle to try to go on fucking AEW and lose. Right. Make independent wrestling look bad. I'm going to rep that shit in the fucking hardest death matches. I'm going to rep that shit in the hardest hitting pro wrestling matches because it's independent wrestling, and independent wrestling's the fucking best.
2: I love it. I love it. Straight shooting. Love it
0: hang around Nick Gauge a whole lot because I start I start getting my fuckings in there a lot. It's the fucking best man. I love talking to
3: him. It's the fucking <laughs> so, best. <laughs> pro wrestlers are some of the toughest people uh, that I've ever talked to and seen which you love. Yep. How do you see that playing a toll on your body in the next 10, 15 years and does that worry you at all or do you just feel like in some way you'll still be able to uh, participate and
0: evolve the business all right uh, you, you can take a cut here uh you can, like you can take this cut and you can post it because here's what i'm going to say my style of pro wrestling has always been pro wrestling mat based I'm not here to fucking jump off a fucking roof a thousand fucking times for your entertainment and and tell you that's what you're going to fucking expect from me. I'm a pro wrestler. Yeah, I get thrown through glass. I get thrown through shit. I suplex the fuck out of people. But I've always been a mat wrestling loving technical wrestler at heart. I hit you just as fucking hard as you hit me. I'm going to be fine in 10 years. I'm going to be fine in 20 years. Why? Because I work smart. I'm not doing shit just to fucking kill myself in front of 30 fucking people and getting paid 20 bucks. I started really killing myself at ICW. That's the first time I ever jumped off a fucking roof. I never wanted to do that shit, but it was there and I took it. And I was like, you know what? It's time. Danny said, go out there and make a splash. I said, I went there and I fucking did it. I'm not, but I'm not going to go out there and fucking do it a thousand times. Like, I don't know, say Alex Ocean won wrestling in November, in November, in Florida. Okay. I'm not jumping off shit every fucking match because that's the only way people are going to react to me. I can go out there with anybody and I can wrestle any fucking style and I can get a reaction, whether it's Matt Tremont, whether it's
1: Reed Bell, John Wayne Murdoch, Jimmy Floyd, Alex Cologne. I got a reaction and every match was different. You guys have seen the matches happening. They're yes. all different. They, neither one is the same. None. Because I'm a pro wrestler. I can go out there and I can get a reaction because I'm fucking good. And I'm tired of, like, sugarcoating it. I, you know, I'm, I try to be humble, but I, there's special people in, in the Midwest. There's people like Alex Ocean. and There's just so many fucking people. That have, that have been riding my ass for the past two years. And now I get to say, it, I'm going to tell them, I've been good. I've always been good. Deathmatch has shown me I work balls of like motherfuckers. I can go out there and I can do a fucking submission in glass and I will hold it. And they can ride me through glass like Eric Bryant did. And I will still hold it. You can't. And Alex Ocean, you can fall. He's, he's probably going to list 40 fucking times trying to fucking pin me. He's not going to. He's going to pin me. <laughs> this one time he's going to fuck up. And when he falls on me, I'm going to hurt him. He was my friend. I'm, I'm going to hurt him. You're going to watch this match and I'm going to stomp on his soul multiple times. Give him multiple bouts of CTE. It would make Matt Justice as blush. <laughs> I'm going to be fine. 10 years, I'm gonna be, be doing this shit
2: because this is the only shit that makes I love, I love it. I love it. Akira, man, thank you so much. I'm, I, we're really running out of time, man. We're gonna get you back on. Right. Stay safe, my man, for real. Uh, thank you so not much. I love your perspective on everything, and we'll definitely touch base with you soon. Appreciate you, sir.
1: Yeah, man.